Well, hello, everyone. Don't mind me as I get situated up here. Um, my name is Jordan. I don't think I've had the privilege of meeting most of you, but I am really honored and privileged to be with you tonight. As I was praying for all of you, I just really feel like the Lord is going to do something special in each of your hearts tonight. Whether you came here just because your friend is here, whether you're here because you really love the Lord, whether you're mad at God right now and aren't sure, the thing is God is here because you're here and he really wants to speak a word to you. So I don't come to you as someone who's just gonna tell you what to do, what to think, how to live. I want to talk to you about my best friend, Jesus. And I really hope that after tonight, I will convince you a little bit to make him your best friend too, okay? So before I start, I wanna pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for your kindness. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you that you know each person's name in here. You honor them. You respect them. You are pursuing their hearts. You know the difficulty of their lives. Lord, I pray tonight as I speak that they wouldn't hear my voice, but that they would hear yours. That they wouldn't just sit in these seats and go home the same way, but that they would have an encounter with you and leave forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Tim mentioned that we are in a season of Advent. Um, and for those of you who are like me and who are like, what's Advent and why should I care about it? Advent is the season leading up to Christmas. And I am not really a Christmas person. I am a Grinch, a thousand percent. And so my family, they know this about me. So they started decorating the house after Halloween, okay, November 1st. They were like, we are gonna decorate. We have Christmas tree. Thank you, y'all. You feel me, right? So I'm just, I've just been stressed out. I have little snowmen all over my house. It's stressful. But I love Jesus. Like I said, he is my best friend. And to me, I'm like, you know what? December's his birthday month, so I can't be too upset. But so Advent is when we take the time to focus on Jesus and focus on what he's done for us. And today I wanna talk to y'all about hope. Now, I know most of you don't know me. I'm a very non-traditional person. Um, and so if I was a normal person, I would like come to you from the book of Luke and talk about the shepherds or something like that. But I'm me. So we are going to be in the book of Mark. Um, and I just wanna talk about how Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. So in the book of Mark, there's a story um, about a woman with the issue of blood. So if y'all like, what's an issue of blood? This woman had a disease. She was hemorrhaging blood. The Bible says for 12 years. So that's the context for the story. This woman has a problem and Jesus is going to help her. So in Mark chapter five, verse 21, if y'all have your phones, your Bibles, or it'll be up on the screen. I'm gonna start in verse 21. It says, and when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd follow him, followed him and thronged about him. And here's our woman. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. 
Here's the thing when I think about this story and when I think about hope. For me, thinking about Jesus as, as our hope, thinking about this woman, how Jesus is going to go do something for someone else, right? The woman didn't go to him. This man who was well-known, he's named in this passage. The woman had no name. He's able to state what his problem is. And there's a whole crowd who is going to follow Jesus, right? So this woman shows up and is thinking, okay, how, how am I going to figure this out? What am I going to do? I've had this issue for 12 years and Jesus is going to help someone, but that's the help that I need. He is going to save this little girl. Some of the versions of the Bible say she's 12 years old. He's going to save this little girl and I, I am stuck like this. When I think about hope, her situation seems hopeless. There are some people who think about hope and say hope is wishful thinking or hope is, oh, like maybe if I'm lucky, this will work out. But biblical hope is confident assurance and trust. Biblical hope is confident assurance and trust. So when I think about this woman, think about her story, think about what she's going through, and I think to myself, okay, if hope is confident assurance and trust, how can this woman hope in Jesus? Have y'all ever needed to hope for something? In my life, I grew up in a Christian home and have great family, great friends, love my siblings. Everything on paper should be good, right? But when I was y'all's age and into my 20s, I was really sad all the time. And I didn't know why. That I had no logical reason to be sad. But I spent a lot of time feeling pretty hopeless. But for me, it's because I was basing my hope not in confident assurance and trust. I was basing my hope in my circumstances and in my outcomes. I had turned my faith, Jesus wasn't my best friend at that time, okay? I was mad at him. I was disappointed in him. Because here I was, this good Christian girl, growing up in a good Christian home, and I still felt disoriented. I still felt disillusioned. I still felt unsure, right? I didn't know how to think about Jesus being my hope. I didn't know how to have confident assurance and faith in him and trust in him. So with this woman, I just, I, I feel sad for her. She has no name. The Bible says she suffered much, spent all, and grew worse. Y'all are young, but there are some of you in this room who know what this pain is like. You know what it's like to suffer. You know what it's like to spend all. You spend all your encouragement. You spend all your prayers. You spend all your time in church trying to hope that God will come, come through for you, right? Hoping, thinking, wishful thinking that he'll come through for you and it doesn't work out. You grow worse. You've spent all. You've suffered much. I think some of you know what that's like. If y'all don't know what that's like, I had a crisis of faith when I was in college, and it, I spent many years being sad, like I said. And my crisis of faith, it's gonna be a bit vulnerable for me, but it was because I had a dream um, to get my master's degree. So for those of you who are like, I don't care about school, what are you talking about? Master's degree, so you have high school, you go to college, and college is two to four years. And if you decide to get more education after college, then you can get a master's or a doctorate or whatever. So I wanted to get my master's, but I had really bad test anxiety. So I took this test to get into business school and I literally failed the test, not once, but twice. 
like just my mind shut down. I could not get it together. It was bad news bears. And I was furious with the Lord because I'm like, I have this dream. I've been doing the right thing. I'm not doing any foolishness. And am I going to be able to get into this dream or not? Am I going to be able to keep pursuing my education, to do things for you, to do things for you, Jesus, right? And I realized in that moment, I'm like, wait a minute. It's almost as if I'm saying to myself, God, if you don't do this thing for me, I will think you don't love me. If you do not put this thing through for me, if I'm not able to get my master's degree and do fulfill my dream, I will think you don't love me. And I'm like, whoa, that is a little intense for something that shouldn't be that big of a deal, right? So I sat with that, with the Lord, where I realized I had made my faith in God transactional by accident. It was not a, okay, like I'm gonna be a Christian only to make sure that nothing bad ever happens to me. Like that wasn't in my mind. But I think over the years, slowly but surely, you hear this this rhetoric, you hear these thought patterns, you hear these things where you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, people tell me that God will have my back, so that'll mean my parents won't get divorced, or that'll mean my friend won't have that diagnosis, or that'll mean all the things that I want, I should be able to to get them right because I'm a Christian and God will have my back. And the thing about hope, the thing about confident assurance and trust in God is that sometimes things do work out for you. For me, even though I failed the test twice, somehow miraculously, I was able to get into the program I wanted, get my master's degree, have this career. But you know what? In the end, that wasn't actually what was going to fulfill my heart. That wasn't actually what God had for me. That wasn't actually the thing that was going to satisfy my soul. I needed a relationship with Jesus. So here we have this woman who suffered much, spent all, and grew worse, but she still had this way of saying, you know what? Even though Jesus is going to someone else, he is going to someone who has more money, has more clout, has more rapport, I still want to be around and see and see what, what he's doing and what he's up to. So the thing is, I want to talk to you about two things. One is the perspective of hope, and two is the posture of hope. So hope has a perspective and has a posture. So first, let's talk about the perspective of hope. We'll pick up the story. So in verse 27, it says, she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And the question is, what are you going to do when it seems like Jesus is walking away from you? When it seems like you prayed and you didn't get the answer you wanted? When it seems like some of you are road warriors, y'all even fast and go on retreats and to ask the Lord for things, right? What are you gonna do when it seems like Jesus is walking away from you. The perspective of hope, I love what it says. She had heard the reports about Jesus. What are you hearing about Jesus? And what are you telling yourself about Jesus? What are you hearing about Jesus? And what are you telling yourself about Jesus? 
Here's the thing. This is why I had my own crisis of faith when I was in college. It's because I was telling myself, well, if Jesus doesn't come through for me, then he doesn't love me. Like somewhere in the very back of my mind. Um, If, well, you know, I know that my friend prayed and it didn't work out for her. So I don't actually know if it'll work out for me. Well, five years ago, I had this whole situation and Jesus didn't answer me the way that I want. So maybe he won't come through for me this time. Those are the things that can go through your mind if you aren't careful. Those are the things that you can tell yourself by accident if you are basing your hope, your confident assurance and trust in what God can do for you instead of who God is. What I love about this woman is that she heard the reports about Jesus. And at this point, Jesus, I mean, if you have a crowd following you, you know you're balling, right? Like, you know that you were like the Taylor Swift or the Beyonce of like whatever it is, right? So Jesus had healed lepers. He had like healed open blind eyes. Like he had opened deaf ears. Like Jesus had fed thousands of people. Like she had heard the reports about Jesus, which is amazing because we won't get into all the history, but because of her disease, technically this woman should not have been around people at all. She was an outcast and someone considered unclean. So the fact that she had heard the reports, it must have been if she went to the grocery store, she was hiding in the corner because she couldn't be around people, right? And just heard, oh, this guy Jesus healed lepers. This guy Jesus healed blind people. This guy Jesus healed deaf people, right? So she heard it not from people who were around her. She couldn't be around anyone. She was considered an outcast. She was considered unclean, right? But she'd heard the reports somehow, some way. And then told herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. That's what she was telling herself. What are you telling yourself about Jesus? What are you hearing about Jesus? This woman heard the reports and told herself, if I just touch the hem of his garments, I will be made well. I was insistent on having a handheld, so this will be a weird um, uh, little situation here. But this is the garment that she touched. This is a Jewish prayer shawl. And how it was worn was around the shoulder. So Jesus is going on his way to heal someone. And this woman sees the shawl that identifies him as a rabbi. And what she touched, there's a little tassel here. And this signified the law. So she said to herself, if I just touch the word of God, if I touch the authority of God, if I remind myself of the scriptures, I know I will be made well. She had faith. She had faith in the character of Jesus, in the person of Jesus, because she heard the reports, because she knew what her hope was in. She had confident assurance and trust. This woman had 12 years of a disease. She had already suffered much, spent all, and grew worse. But somehow she knew, but I know Jesus. I have confident trust and hope in who he is, and I believe in him. That was her perspective. So that's the perspective of hope. What are you telling yourself about Jesus, and what are you hearing about Jesus? And the other thing, too, is she did not focus on her problem. She focused on the promise. 
And I think it's really easy. It's easy for me. I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for y'all. It's easy for me to just ruminate and just turn and turn and turn about all the things that are going wrong, all the things that I lack, all the things that are happening. I don't know if that happens to y'all. If you're like, well, I still feel lonely. I don't have friends at school. And that's what's repeating in your mind. Or I prayed that my parents would stay together and they're not. And that's what's repeating in your mind. Or I really want this thing, but I just don't feel capable or confident. And that's what you're repeating in your mind. You're focusing on your problem. But I think, I wish this woman had a name. I cannot wait to meet her in heaven. But what I love that she did, she didn't repeat the problem to herself. She'd already had 12 years of that. Everyone abandoned her. She was an outcast. She was unclean. What she repeated to herself was the promise where I know what the word says. I know what I've heard about Jesus. And if that's true, I know that if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. I, I want us to change our perspective. I want us to change our perspective. I know I need to change my perspective and to focus on having hope in the person of Jesus and in the character of Jesus. And I'll say this, if your hope is based on an outcome or a circumstance, you will be severely disappointed in your life. If your hope is based on an outcome or a specific circumstance, you will be severely disappointed in your life. And I'm significantly older than most of y'all in the room. So this is something I have trial and error. I've learned this the hard way. I've learned this the hard way. But when you focus on the person of Jesus, things, not everything will work out for you, okay? Me, I had a dream of business. I told y'all that. That was, my, that was my thing. Me having a microphone in my hand was not the plan. That was not, that was not the move. Me being here, working at a church was not what I had in mind, right? But I turned my attention, put my confident assurance and trust in the person of Jesus. And he is worth it, y'all. He is worth it. I hope, I pray that things work out for y'all. I hope that the Lord does, fulfills your every dream and that it's exactly what you want it to be. I, I pray that for you. I desire that for you. But if things don't work out the way that you dream of, if things go a little sideways sometimes, I'm telling you that Jesus is worth it. Jesus is absolutely worth it every time. He is so worth it. I love what Romans 5 says. We're going to um, skip around for a second here. Romans 5, verse 3 through 5. Oh, thank you. It's up here because I'm like, I lost it in my Bible. Um, so it says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And verse 5 says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is why we can have confident assurance and trust because we know that God loves us. That doesn't mean that everything will always go our way. That doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to us. That doesn't mean that we won't have a hard time in life. It just means that God has our back, that when things go wrong or when things are irritating, or when things are just a little frustrating or a little sad, it means we're not alone. And that's why hope doesn't disappoint because it's God's love that is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. 
And that's what I, I want for y'all. I want that for y'all to have that confident insurance and trust in the love of God because he cares about you. I, let's keep going in the story. So she heard the reports about Jesus, says, if I touch the hem of his garments, I will be made well. And verse 29, this is back in Mark chapter five, says, and immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. This extraordinary story, this woman who was an outcast, unclean, had no name, comes up, sneak attacks Jesus, okay? In this crowd of people. I don't know if y'all have ever like been in a crowd of people and tried to push your way to the front. It is stressful, okay? I went to a concert years ago. I love music. So I was at a concert and it was a small kind of a venue, right? So I was not that far from like the person I was there to see and I was with like several friends, right? So at the end of the concert, this person, the artist, was going around, like from stage, was having put her hand out to give people high fives, right? So everybody knew how much I love this person and they were like, Jordan, you should give her a high five. And I'm like, we are kind of like in the middle. You want me to push my way through all these people to the front? I'm like, I don't know about that, right? So I just kind of stayed where I was. And then next thing I know, my friend Garrett, I'm gonna call him by name because I'm still mad at him about this. My friend Garrett pushed me to the front so that I could high five this person. It was stressful, okay? So when I think about the story, how she comes up, there are all these people, right? Comes up behind Jesus to grab him. Like the audacity of this woman, the audacity, okay? But that, she had the perspective of hope. She heard the reports about Jesus and told herself, I know he'll heal me, right? So then she could have the posture of hope. Hope has a perspective and a posture. So what do you do? I ask you the question again. What do you do when it seems like Jesus is walking away from you? You follow him and you crawl if you must. I'm gonna take some poetic license here. I don't know exactly how it worked, but to me, it would be kind of hard for a person to push through shoulder to shoulder in a crowd, right? I would like to think I'm gonna make myself look foolish, but this woman did it and I'm proud of her. What if... What if to get to Jesus faster, she got on her hands and knees and went to him to grab him from behind? I don't want y'all to be too proud to get on your knees if you are desperate for Jesus. Don't be too proud. Like, don't, don't think, oh, Jesus is walking away from me, so forget about him. Oh, well, he can just gonna go help somebody else, so I don't care what he thinks. Or, oh, well, you know, I am an outcast anyway, or whatever your problem is, so I'm just gonna stay on the outskirts. Don't be too proud to crawl to Jesus. Don't be too proud to posture yourself and get on your knees and follow him. I like to think that maybe Jesus knew that she was coming and kind of slowed down a little bit. Or in his mind, he's like, yeah, I'm going to, to this guy's house to save his girl. 
but I know that someone is coming and I'm going to slow down just a little bit so she can reach me so that she can make her way through the crowd and grab me if she needs to. And what's amazing is that it worked. She trusted in Jesus, postured herself on her knees, came up behind him, grabbed him, grabbed the word, grabbed hold of the reports, grabbed hold of the promises and put her trust, her confident assurance and trust and hope in God. I love that, where she was not shamed. Jesus could have said, when he said, who touched me? The woman was terrified because that was a huge no-no. Like she could have been stoned for that, for being someone who's unclean and outcast, putting her hands on a rabbi, on someone who's clean, on like one of the highest people in society, right? But I love what it says at the end, verse 34. So she told him, it was me, I did it. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, right? Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. What I love about that, it, it's not a, oh, well, um, it was fine. Like she wasn't healed at all, but Jesus loved her. No, she was healed. Her hope worked. Her hope worked. But what I want to point out to y'all, Jesus doesn't say, daughter, your faith has made you well and all the 12 years of money that you spent on physicians um, is back and your family who left you, they're back and your home that you have to live in on the outskirts of society, now you have a mansion and go in peace and be healed of your disease. No, she was still abandoned by her family. She still didn't have any money left. She still was on the outskirts of society. But what Jesus healed was her. Healed her identity, healed the thing that was broken in her, and gave her a way to be restored into a community again. And so what I want to tell y'all, what I've learned the hard way over many years of being disappointed in Jesus and being mad at him and trying to figure out, well, if you're not going to work things out for me, why am I going to follow you? The reason is because no matter what bad things happen to me, Jesus can always fix my broken heart. He can always heal my hurt mind. All those years I spent being sad for I don't know why, I don't have that anymore because I know who Jesus is. I know who he is. I know that no matter what happens, he has my back. I know that even if something is difficult and I'm let down by a circumstance or by an outcome, I know that Jesus is there to have compassion and to help me and to care for me. So this woman, she wasn't called unclean by Jesus. She wasn't called an outcast by Jesus. She was called daughter. So she was renamed, she was healed, and she was restored. And I just want y'all to know that whatever struggles you came in with, God wants to give you a different name. He doesn't want to name you according to your problem. He wants to name you according to the promise. He doesn't want to leave you with a broken heart or a broken mind or a frustrated spirit. He wants to restore you and he wants to heal you. And some of you, you're still gonna face some problems tomorrow. You're still gonna go home tonight to a family that you have a hard time with. You're still gonna have struggles with friends. You're still gonna have whatever it is that you came in with. But the thing I'll tell you 
is that Jesus can heal what's in you so that as you face whatever it is you're facing in your life, you're not gonna do it alone because you have him. And that's what hope is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I hope for y'all, I have confident assurance and trust for y'all that Jesus is here to meet with you. And I know in your life, some of you are like, well, this whole thing is depressing. My life is fine. That's good. And I hope it stays that way, right? But I, I wish someone had told me what I'm telling y'all right now. I wish someone had given me a different way to think about Jesus so that I wouldn't be so worried if things didn't work out well for me in my life, so that I wouldn't be so concerned if something didn't turn out, so that I could know no matter what happens, I don't have to be afraid of it because I won't be alone. And Jesus is that confidence and he is that trust and he is that assurance. The last thing I'll say um, before the worship team comes up is from Romans 15. And in Romans 15, in verse 13, it says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God is the God of hope. God is the God of confident assurance and trust. God is the God that you can follow that you, you can tell yourself good things about Jesus and you can tell yourself that he is going to have your back because that's a thousand percent true. And as we go into the Christmas season and you know, you're gonna sing, sing songs about Jesus and hear all the things about Jesus and see all the baby Jesuses everywhere and watch all the movies and do all the things, you can know, oh, one of the things about Jesus is that he is my hope and I can have the confident assurance and trust in him because of who he is, because he can restore and heal my heart. And as you have confident assurance and trust in God, you will be filled. I'm a testimony of this. You will be filled with joy and you will be filled with peace because God cares for you. Amen. Awesome. All right, I'll pray for y'all. Lord, thank you so much for being here. God, I thank you that you are the one that we can depend on. God, I thank you that you are absolutely dependable. God, I pray that as we go back into worship, Lord, that you would heal hearts and you would heal minds, that you would give all of these people here, people you love, that you would give them a new way to think about you that for those who have felt like outcast or felt unclean or felt like I've done everything I know how to do or I've seen other people do everything they know how to do and it just seems like Jesus is walking away. God, I pray that you would show them how you are slowing down so they can catch up with you. God, I pray that they wouldn't be afraid to posture themselves, even look foolish if they have to, on their knees. God, I pray that each person here would have a deep friendship with you because they know who you are. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to your friends. God, I pray that they would have confident assurance in you, that they would have trust in you, 
that they would have hope in you. That if anyone in this room has tried to have hope and has felt shame, God, I pray that they would not be ashamed. I pray that they would feel love, that you would give them a new perspective. Lord, I pray that if anyone feels like um, they aren't sure if you'll come through for them, God, I pray that you would rename them, that they wouldn't be named according to their problem or the thing that they're afraid of, but that they would have strength because they have hope. God, I pray that you would do this in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you, y'all.